Thank you for listening to Recyclables. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the program, the best way to do that is to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, the next best way is to make a donation either through the Acast app or at our Patreon, which is just patreon forward slash recyclables.com. Until next time, thank you. Mm, okay. Um, okay. You're introducing us. I'm trying not to. Uh... Yeah. All right. Well, we just had some pizza. We had some of my um, practice trace chase cake that I'm going to make for Corey for his birthday, which is around Thanksgiving. This is news dump. Composting and, the bullshit. It's composting the bullshit, isn't composting it? Composting the bullshit. And today we're talking about supply chains. I keep writing it wrong in my social media updates. I keep composting the news. But it's the news dump. I... Yeah, it's fine. All right, all right. It's fine. But uh, as you can hear, there's someone else here with me. Who are you? Uh, my name is Rochelle. Cote? It's Cody. 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 That's going to be... Um... Well, it is especially funny because technically it's Rochelle, but I only heard that as a kid when I was in trouble. So I prefer, like, Rochelle, but sometimes it comes out Rochelle if I'm feeling weird about it. I am uh, Patrick, before we forget, and it's my my dad was very adamant that it was Patrick. So I prefer, if you call me Pat, I'm fine with that. I didn't know that. Yeah, he, uh, oh, I haven't unlike this. I was going to be named Rick, but then they were just Rick, R-I-C-K. But then they were worried that people were going to say Dick. Right. Oh, yeah. And so my mom's aunt Pat died, and they're like, Pat, Rick, Patrick, it's right there. And so my initials are PP because my parents were worried I was going to be named Dick. Yeah. And that's, I've been nursing that. They really dodged a bullet on that one. Yeah, no, we're here to talk about supply chains. And to get you into it, we figured we'd do something fun, you know, a little bit of a game. Uh, CBS News. Uh, put out this article uh, today, actually, because, wait, or today's, yeah, today's 15th, and it's supply chain issues, 11 things you may have trouble finding during the 2021 holiday season. Do you see that fine little bit of font, like that little bit of words right underneath that? Oh, CBS Essentials is created independently from new CBS News staffs. We may receive commissions from some links to provide on this page. Promotions are subject to availability in retailer uh, terms. So that's really funny because... But that's hidden like right in that area where you're like, this is who you wrote it. You skip over it. Yeah. yeah. No, and it's, it's, it's a form of native advertising where you make something look like a news article and it's really an advertisement. Because I didn't, I didn't realize this was just a shopping... I'm, 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 am I biting the punchline? No, the no, no, no. Yeah, it is basically a shopping <laughs> okay. list. But like, it's just funny because this was probably the oh, most oh. neutral thing we came across. Yeah. Uh, in our struggles and it's all just telling you what to buy so the first thing is turkeys and they say that there's just a lot less 24 percent lower than uh, than the three-year average from 2018 to 2020 high feed costs but here's here's another one of those weird things where like like I've, i've been noticing a lot of numbers out of context are kind of the problem so when it's like per the u.s agriculture's department the inventory of frozen turkeys and turkey parts so this very specific group of 
branch of information is 24% lower than a three-year average. But it's like this very specific part that can be affected by any number of things that has no context. Sounds dramatic. It probably is partially due to the specific supply chain stuff too, though. Um, But the funny thing, yeah, about this is like it's so clearly an advertisement specifically because with each one of these items, they tell you about where you can buy these things. So, um, like they say, if you're thinking about buying a bird online, you should do it now because a lot of the vendors they've been tracking are already sold out. Um, It looks like through Omaha Steaks, uh, you can buy a turkey for... A whole basted turkey is $90. I mean, that's not worse than... Win- I think Winco, you'd pay like 75 bucks. Yeah. So... Like- and then the bird costs $100, $190. Oh, if you bundle with other dishes, it's $90. But it costs $190 if purchased separately. And there's just a link at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So... And then the next one they talk about is alcohol. And or they iPhones, say that, iPhones. Oh, do we want to just skip uh, alcohol? Oh, no, no, no. Doesn't it go to... No. Oh, so mine goes turkey, alcohol. Oh, that's crazy. Mine goes turkey, iPhone, and then alcohol. Oh, oh. no, toys. Toys. I, oh, and then What alcohol. the fuck? Oh, because I'm a dad. And, oh, like, I'm yeah, sure maybe it prioritized you specifically. Oh, snap. They're like, listen, she's she's never having children. We better talk about turkey and alcohol. His kid won't shut up about needing a new kind of phone. Oh, gra- really? Granted, my kid, his, his power... Oh, when it stops working. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, so, they bring up alcohol, and they say it's like, it's not like you're not going to be able to buy a lot of stuff, like, most stuff, but if it's, like, imported stuff, it's going to be more expensive, and apparently there's also a glass shortage right now. And their suggestion is total wine and more, 15% off eight or more winery direct wines. They got some gift cards in there, too. Then they talk about clothing accessories, and that's like Michael Kors and Nike and stuff, and how their factories in Vietnam had shutdowns. It'd be really interesting to find out why those shutdowns potentially happened. But they're like... Well, we're going to get into that later. Yeah. But then they're like, don't worry. Michael Kors says they do have stuff. Here's this handbag, this messenger bag you can buy for $101. I thought this was going to be fun. But the more I look at things in this list, the more I'm like, well, here, I just want to break the phone in my glass. I forgot to do the fun part. We got to do our alternative. So what would we recommend? So instead of getting a turkey. So let's say you don't buy the thing that's on here. You buy something different. Oh, buy... Dude, get get ham. Sorry to to gender. So do that if you can't do ham. Like there's turkey you is god awful. Chicken chicken is great. Chicken is great. way more flavorful than turkey in my opinion. I do mm-hmm. not understand. Turkey is too big for the conventional. There's too much. Part of the problem with turkey is that there's too much uh, meat to liquid volume. So you never. That's why it's always like some parts are dry as a bone and some yeah. parts are like the most moist thing. And that's it's 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 a complex animal to cook. As a whole. Okay, so, you're getting a little aggressive on your anti-turkey train. Oh. I was just saying, if you can't get a hold of a turkey. Human flesh. Human flesh. Human flesh. But I mean, like... Billionaires, specifically. I, I think it... I've gone to multiple vegan Thanksgivings, and yes, I've survived. Wait, is billionaire vegan? Huh? Is billionaire vegan? Billionaire vegan? Yeah, is eating a billionaire vegan? Oh, that's a good point. I mean, the net gain to animals... Okay. 
You heard it on the news dump. Eating billionaires is vegan. Vegan. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. But um, not having a meat at your Thanksgiving, yeah. you will survive. Like. You- so much good food out there that doesn't have meat in it. And that, and I still eat meat, but I'm just saying it's like, it's interesting to think about like the fact that the, the things that we consider necessities, especially around the holidays and like here's, for alcohol, maybe not buy alcohol. And here's a, here's <laughs> a fun thing that just occurred to me is we outlawed uh, potlucks in the Northwest for a while. And most Thanksgivings are celebrations where people bring food together. Yeah, it's potluck style. Yeah, like, sorry, the, the imperialism of that just slapped me in the face for a second there. You know how big, like, a kitchen full sheet is? Yeah. My friend Barry made a charcuterie board that big. Jesus. With, like, he, there was duck prosciutto. Ooh. There was Thai basil pesto. That's some things. He, he He's a chef, and he does a lot of cooking, so he made all sorts of fancy stuff. It was amazing. Yeah, so don't um, get turkey. Make a charcuterie board of duck poop. A charcuterie board. Yeah. Um, And then instead of alcohol, I don't know, do some hallucinogens. Uh, Amen. I pointed. I pointed weed. at the microphone as if people could see me point yeah. emphatically. No, I th- totally do. Do some. Uh, drop some acid. Watch a trippy movie. Have right? chips. Call that your new Thanksgiving. Give thanks for the insights you're gonna get to yourself. Or go on a hunger strike until you start seeing shit. You know. Yeah. There's yeah. plenty of ways to induce a, a, a state of other experiences. Yeah. You there's know? plenty. I Doesn't mean, have to be alcohol. As I drink a Rainier. You can do um, it in solidarity with any number of prisoners who are usually on hunger strikes around the world because of cruel and unusual oh, yeah. conditions. Like, that's, yeah, 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 happy times. And <laughs> in the clothing and accessories thing, instead of buying a Michael Kors bag, I don't know, just anything else. See, just I've never, anything else. Once I understood that the, the, the brand is what sells, not the quality, I kind of lost interest because I've always thought of it as like, I want to give you a thing that's good, not a thing that's fashionable so like if i'm gonna buy a friend a sweater it's gonna be a sweater that i know looks good on them or that will, it's like, not because it's a certain brand yeah name. like that's always bugged. like one of my big problems is i want just a plain black hoodie a lot of the time with yeah. nothing there's always like a logo or a weird like brand name or imprint or it's it's racist i don't know yeah, a, lot right? race, a lot of racist in this house when it comes to gift giving or like buying gifts for yourself, like go thrifting or look up local artists or go like on Etsy or Instagram. I mean, find someone who's making something directly. Like you can still get something fashionable, neat, and cool, and you could be putting a lot more money in the creator's pocket than you would be with something from the Michael Kors collection where their factory workers are probably making cents on the dollar. And like a thing I like to do is like make make certificates, you know, or Go or, gift or, certificates. Or, yeah, 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 for family or or make a thing in general or or besides by like it doesn't have to be a, a big thing I've tried to get my kid to understand, but it doesn't always work is like you know, if you have an abundance of something, there's nothing wrong with sharing it. Just make sure you're sharing. Like, Magic Cards is a good example. Mm-hmm. I will make friends decks all the time. I'm going to make a friend. I'm working on a gorilla one for a friend right now. Like, a gorilla-themed magic deck. G-U-E-R-I-L-L-A? G-O-R-I-L-L-A. Uh, there's a gorilla that when he attacks on his own, he gets really big. Okay. And so I'm building a deck around this guy. Interesting, interesting. And, and that's a thing I've done for friends in the past. Because well, yeah, it's, it's like... like the, I, it's like the mixed CD of extra nerdiness. Yeah. 
And back in the day, I used to do the mix CDs for friends too. Of like, like here's oh, some yeah. here's some stand up you might like, or here's some music you might like, or whatever. But but yeah, there's 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 definitely ways to exist outside of this thing that's about to encompass us, which I yeah. think is. In- um, I was gonna say there was a guy I knew in college. He made a bunch of mix CDs and he just gave them out to girls. And I think it was like his like, hey. Check out the CD. I thought of you. Oh, see, <laughs> but it was all the same. I would. He's I, a nice guy. I would just have ones for like road trips planned, and then oh, my yeah. friends would be like, "Oh, I like that one," and I'd just be like, "Okay, cool, you can have it." It's just a blank CD. I'll be bored right. with the order of these songs in a week, anyhow. That's when you shuffle it. But yeah, so then jewelry. They talked about jewelry shortages. My friend Marley Averett makes some. Uh, look her up on Instagram. She makes her own. She's what's her handle? Um. Oh, great. Give me a sec. Uh, but she's an African-American lady who lives locally, so you would be, like, scoring all the liberal bingo cards, you know? And that's, right. that's I'm, I'm not saying that just to be like, uh. Does she have a rescue animal as a pet? No, she does not. God damn it. Okay, I'm sorry. And I, I, <laughs> I feel bad that I just described Marley like that, but I just want to explain that, like, I described Marley like that specifically because I don't see Marley like that, if that makes sense, but I want to, like... I don't see her as someone who hates uh, animals from shelters, but yeah. she clearly won't let them into her house. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. No, Your Marley... friend is probably wonderful, and I sound like a real turd right now. You do. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck is Marley's? Uh, A-V-R-I-T-T is her last name. Marley like Bob. and uh, uh... Everett? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but she, she's she's a massage therapist, does her own, but she makes her own jewelry as well. Hell yeah. And has booths where she'll be like, hey, uh, what is it, five bucks a minute or whatever for a massage, and then... Here's I'll... some jewelry if you'd like as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so there's sorry. there's ways to support people all over yeah. the place. That was my point, was you, I guarantee if you look through my friends list, you'll find more than a few people. Hey, but here's the thing they suggested. It's um, a uh, beautiful star necklace uh, by David Yerman, North Star Amulet. Oh, yeah. $1,050. So if you guys have, a, you know, some spare change. Oh, artificial, artificial Christmas trees, another shortage of those. I was, I was intrigued by the Lego, <laughs> the Jurassic World Lego set. Like, I didn't know they had expanded into See, the Jurassic. Eventually, we're going to have, I think Lego is secretly going to be the Matrix someday. Like, did we're they gonna not have, ha- so they, that, I don't, oh, did I not go all the way down? Or is that, I think where that's, the fuck is that well, one? I think it's that thing where, like, each, we're getting different, we're getting. Oh, yeah, but also, no Harry Potter Lego. Boo. It's um, eventually we'll know we've made it though when we can franchise our rights to Lego. Okay, this is more than eleven things. I'm just gonna say that, or is it just looping? It might be looping because I have not gotten. Oh, to the this is yet. weird. All but right, either well, way, our point is to watch out for these kind of air quote ads, but the air quote should be around the news. Yeah, story. no, it's important to make sure that when you're looking at sources, you see if it is potentially native advertising. And native advertising refers to um, advertisements for services, goods, or whatever, that are hidden within a news article to make it look like they're telling a story. Um, it's pretty insidious, but it's, once you've seen it a couple of times, it gets easier to spot. And especially if you start to see that, like, they're talking about a problem and the solution is buying a certain thing. Yeah. Just in general, anytime it's someone is a like... a bad sign. Yeah. Those are called commercials. We should we should have a commercial for like the Lego set of the news dump at some point. 
I'm just thinking of, of, of future because we want to have commercials. And if you're an advertiser, that's that's what I'm. I'm if you're an advertiser and you want to, hey, advertise, advertiser, do you want to uh, support a podcast that tells you not to buy stuff? <laughs> if anyone listening to this is a weed affiliate or has, has weed industry, like boner, those people, or um, if you make a CBD soda, fucking wild. Oh yeah, I will. I will do sexual things for an unlifetime, unlimited lifetime supply. I will. He will cunnilingus your brand. I will. Oh yeah, your whole brand, your entire work floor. Any I know that's technically not a verb, but. Oh, it will be. <laughs> and we're back, maybe. Right? Are we? Should we be? Yeah, we're back. What are we, Patrick? What are we talking about? What we really want to talk about today. So, outside of what the native advertising was trying to tell us, there is a looming issue of shortage. On a number of things, for example, uh, graphic cards. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, fa- anything with like really precious metals, especially. And so the the breakdown of the issue you'll hear overwhelmingly is the supply chain. So that's what we want to discuss today, uh, because it's a little bit more complicated than just the supply chain is more complicated than I thought it was. For example, because I I had kind of naively presumed that it was you know stuff gets mined or harvested made into things, put into parts or places, like, like reassembled. So, so like, bread gets harvested, made into flour, made into... Or, or wheat, sorry. Wheat gets harvested, made into flour, turned Wait, into Wait, what bread. did you say? Bread. Bread does get harvested. You just pull it right off the bread tree. But, like, my, my, my point is that, like... Oh, that's my bread bush over there. I had always kind of thought of the supply chain as being just that. Like, a chain of things that interlock each other and go from one to the next. And it turns out part of the problem is that we've all thought that, kind of. I mean, I know not everyone has thought that, but it's much more complex than we thought. And that's what's breaking down is the complexity is is kind of marring it up in a bunch of different ways okay do you feel like it kind of mimics like the built-in gridlock that we have within american quote-unquote democracy it's not unlike that because a lot of what happens is like uh, uh the video that you wanted the, the two videos that we link one uh that's the two that surmise it best are there's one about medication and it kind of focuses a little bit more on the EU and the East Coast than our area. Mm-hmm. And then there's this other one that talks about Care Bears. Uh, and to be honest, with the Care Bear one, I did watch it to like I watched cleanse. Yeah, because I watched like an hour of a half hour of Fox. It took an hour, but I watched a half hour of Fox and Fox F O X and. Um, so I watched this other one about Care Bears. To you sure it wasn't a spinoff of V for Vendetta called F-A-W-K-E-S? <laughs> and it's like he never died and what he's doing now. Well, no, it's just whoever's next. It turns out Alex Jones just ended up being the next V on accident. No! Like, <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> Guy Fox Mass just ranting about gay frogs. It would be no! great. No! Oh, fuck. Um, we but, dir- so this medicine... Uh, so, so that one, the the Vox one, talks about medicine because I did watch a Vox, or maybe that's Bloomberg. I, I watched think it a, was Bloomberg. Okay. So some of them blurred together a little bit, other than a few, because because the issue, I mean, not blurred together, but like every every 
news story gives you kind of their take or their... Yeah, and what they want to focus on. So, like, the the one with the Care Bears, for example, focused on the issue that there is a uh, quote-unquote labor shortage going on in Southeast Asia, uh, in China in particular is where they, they pointed to. Mm-hmm. And we want to go on... Yeah, I'll go unbiased first and then get into my BS, right? Okay. It's, yeah, let's... Let's at least try to kind of lay it out without... Okay, okay. So, but they... So, they have the labor... Air quotes, labor shortage there. They also have issues where, like, there's labor shortages also at their docks, right? And then yeah. there's there's this other thing where sometimes cargo is being shipped, but because uh, there's labor shortages at our docks, it's not being unloaded quickly enough. So, the, the ships are ready to be... Oh, yeah, they're still stacked up outside. Yeah. Uh, like, there are people who... I any number of days have been waiting. Think about it as the line for outside of a salt and straw in the middle of the summer. It's Well, I mean, think about it like the grocery store. Like, like think about it like the grocery store at the first of the month when everybody gets paid either in food stamps or cash. Or, like, think of it at the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was loading all their shit in. Very similar. How, How we... The issue at the start of the pandemic was we're used to a certain cycle of things happening. The algorithm that accounts for the economy assumes you're going to buy X number of things for X amount of time because your schedule is going to be such. You you have a schedule to follow. Uh, and the pandemic broke the schedule. So we're seeing variations, basically, of how it broke the schedule catching up to us in the supply chain. Yeah. Uh, and part of the complication of that is... Uh, is that the supply chain is broken up into ways that make make it more complicated. And so the complications are also being slowed down. So that's also slowing it down. So there's like bureaucracy that's slowing things down. And then just human logistic, like there's nobody there to do it that's slowing it down. Yeah. And then there's the fact that the same amount of people still want it. Like the the... The demand is increasing, but I feel like the demand is increasing in relation to the fact that demand is increasing and supply is dropping, is what they're saying. Yeah. But they're saying it's not dropping, it's being stuck in transit. And yeah. they're saying... There's a, bo- there's a bottleneck. Yeah. And, and the big issue is people are trying to decide where that bottleneck is and if there is a specific spot that is... Like, the true problem. So, in the next segment, I want to get into what our opinions are about it. Yeah. But I want to lay out what the news is, what the news is, what the news, news? Yeah, what the news are saying, is saying. I'm yeah. Not, I'm not well, sure and te- I, can, I can add a little bit to this. So, I watched a um, 60 Minutes news segment. Oh, okay. I didn't watch that one. So. Yeah, I watched the 60, 60 Minutes. I tried to read it because they had the script. And it's just so, like, dorky. That it's hard to read it. Because, <laughs> let's face it, the writing for 60 Minutes is dorky. Um, it's aimed It's aimed at everybody's grandparents and older. Yeah, like, everyone's, well, everyone's grandparents and the kids that might be stuck walk, watching the TV with them, too. But uh, they talked a lot about how one of the big issues is that each part of the supply chain wants to blame another part of the supply chain. So the truck drivers want to blame the um, the shipping areas okay. or like you know the cargo areas the cargo areas want to sh- blame the boats uh, or like the cargo areas want to blame the people doing the scheduling the boat people want to blame the, sh- the trucks and the cargo areas so it's like everyone's pointing a finger in the different direction and um, one of the other things that's also important to note is not only is it been di- difficult for us to receive product and we're having this backup 
But because we're having this backup, a lot of um, domestic producers, especially like food producers, are having issues getting their product out to the countries they have contracts with. Like, I read a um, New York Times article that was about the fact that a lot of um, dairy uh, farmers and certain dairy farmers who, like, export cheese, fresh milk, um, powdered milk, all that stuff, are not able to get their stuff into shipping containers and out. Because the containers aren't available because they're yeah. waiting at the thing. Yeah, that's interesting because the news, basically each station, like I said, takes its own slant where it does the same thing. Yeah, well, it, like, it it says, looks, it, we're seeing a lot of, and like, it's not just slant, it's different focus, too. Yeah. Um, but, I, but like, so so the focus is like, yeah, it's a shortage of labor on, in, in specifically China, a lot of places blame. Well, it's but, also, but yeah, we're going to get into some more neutral facts that aren't, still aren't really putting, pointing any fingers, though. Yeah. Is that we're having labor shortages on our side as well. Because we just are. <laughs> yeah. And we can get into more of that. Oh, we already talked side. about the labor shortage. So, yeah. I mean, refer to our labor shortage episode to talk, like, to yeah. get more information about that. But, but they're, they're also blaming, like, they're saying there's not enough people to distribute it. So there's not enough people working. And, yeah. and the more, the, the kind of the, it, it's interesting to me because at least in the American media, like, I, I listened to, like, half hour or so of Fox. Like, they have a podcast that renew that covers all their week's highlights kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, I watched an interview, Pete Buttigieg as the Labor Secretary. Or, 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 um, Transportation Secretary. Thank you. Wrong, wrong division. Thank you. Transportation Secretary is kind of in charge of the the shipping industry, to, or, or at least supposed to have a relationship with them. Uh, so I watched some interviews with him, and they both kind of have that very, very much, it's not our fault context on the political end where it's this it's this unusual game of like joe biden hasn't done anything so they can't blame like like the right wing can't blame him and the left wing can't take credit for anything but they don't have trump to blame anymore right so it's a lot of people being like well it's sort of this person's fault but don't don't ask us more questions go ask them questions i just want to reiterate what i said earlier before we started recording though is that joe biden started his term assuming lame duck status like i feel like that's exactly what we're dealing with right now i wish i could but i can't oh my hands are tied i have no support and that's Um, we should we should do a news dump on that at some point well but Another, one of the other things that I saw in one of the articles, too, was that, um, well, actually, so I watched, like, a Yahoo Finance piece about it, or, like, Yahoo News. Their budget's low, and it shows, but um, they were talking about the fact that some, like, CEO of some, like, Silicon Valley company chartered a boat to go out to look at the fields, and he decided, based on what he saw, the things that they could do to improve, and I mean... I guarantee you, based on other coverage that I saw, there are huge problems with how our, like, shipping areas are set up and how we receive and send things. Yeah, we'll things. get into that. We like, will. yeah. But, like, it just was, like, really annoying to see this, like, handsome tech entrepreneur bro be like, yeah, like, they just need to, like, do these couple of things. It'd be a lot better, you know? I, bye now. Like, now that I've said that, bye. Like, fix, do what I said. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Well, and one last thing to point out, too, is that all of this product getting stuck in one place means that 
people can't get the things they need so that the things that are available that potentially meet that need, those prices are going up. So this is a recipe for way more inflation as well. It is interesting that you point the finger at China so that it's kind of a racist slash imperialist response. Well, it's the the other guys. It's not our fault. Yeah. And then you point the, the problem at the shipping industry so that it's not the retail industry's fault. So they don't have to talk about their labor shortage. And you point the finger as the retail industry at the transportation industry because you don't want to point out why you have your labor shortage. And like the most, the hottest of hot takes that I saw was that the stimulus checks are the reason for it. Oh, because we all had so much money to spend on stuff? That we just spent it all on things, and now all those things are getting in the way of the important stuff. Oh, my God. And so it's our fault. And that's also why the cost of things went up, because we got given more money. If we hadn't gotten given money, then, like, we like that. there was somebody... I love how... I love how everything that the consumer does is to blame for inflation and never... It was so... Never the people in charge who make these rules. I want to clarify something to the listeners before we go to our kind of proverbial break. I have spent 20 to 30 plus years avoiding the news. Like, because I knew it was like this. Oh, and I've been... Reading it, or like reading and watching it, most of my life. Like I, but but I would, I didn't know who the good guys were between Fox and CNN until I had to know, and now that I do this, it bugs me that it's so naked and obvious. I'm like, how does anyone? That that, that it, it just drives me up a wall that somebody would be like, the reason things are bad is because we gave poor people money. Yeah, we can't give poor people money ever again. And then they spend five minutes and seriously argue it like you're supposed to believe it. But but we just let them lie like that? Who? Why aren't we? <sighs> the big problem, well, like, a really big problem with all of this is that, like we talked about in the crypto episode, there's always this, like, argument that decentralization is so great and da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, the concept of decentralizing is not good in and of itself. Yeah. Just like the f- concept of centralizing in and of itself isn't good. But, like, the problem I think we're having, especially with the shipping industry, especially in America, is that there isn't a really clear through line, it sounds like. Because one of the videos that I watched talked about the fact that most all shipping yards are, like, state or city-owned. It's not a part of a federal thing. So there's very yeah. little overlap in, like, well, universality to those things. We'll, we'll get into that for the, the next part. And it's kind of, that is kind of the big issue is that yeah. it's everybody wants a universal, singular, quick, like, solution. And the fact of the matter is there's no silver bullet. It's a nuanced problem that needs, like, a bunch of, a bunch of things need to change all over the place a little bit, kind of. And that will get it moving in the way that we as human beings need certain things to move about to exist. And one thing I will say... Uh, especially in light of our previous segment when we were talking about things to do instead of buying whatever they're telling you to buy, is that I really want to stress that the thing that needs to change the the least or is one of the last things that should change is the individual consumer. Because we, we have so little say and we have so little... You say voting with your money or voting with yeah, your dollar. Yeah. We have such a little a dollar amount and we are so... I don't know, hamstrung by that. 
And so for me personally, I would say, yes, it is fair to say that we should all be buying less and shouldn't be getting all the shit we don't fucking need. But that's completely ignoring how big this problem is and how much waste and uh, crap is going on before we even put the money into the register. I guess that's what I really want to stress is like, I'm not saying that you as the individual consumer aren't making mistakes, but your mistakes are infinitesimal compared to what's happening in these shipping companies and what else is going on. My kind of, my agreeing but going further leftish is that ultimately we as individuals aren't responsible or culpable on a level that other people are. Yeah, So in a very real sense, the thing I always think about is your quality of life really wouldn't change if there was a radical redistribution of wealth, right? Like, mine would because life, but overall, most people wouldn't notice. They They wouldn't come to your house and take your wealth because you don't have wealth. You pay a mortgage and and it, all your money is. Don't t- look at me like I'm paying a mortgage. I know I'm staring. I, I mean to stare at the microphone. But Patrick's I felt weird. looking at me and talking about my mortgage. But my, my point is that, like, I do agree that, like, on an individual level, it's there are things. My, my counter argument is there's still things we should do on an individual oh, level. Yeah, too. I mean, I think those things are important, and we will get into those later yeah. on. But I think what is extremely important is to make the choices you can but also be taking care of yourself because like there are no there's no ethical yeah, yeah. Su- there's no ethical consumption in capitalism. No, I can I totally I totally agree with that. It's just unfortunate that it's it's I I think that it's unfortunate that people don't understand that their lives wouldn't be it would be radically altered but wouldn't be dramatically changed if that makes yeah. sense. Like I think if tomorrow we woke up and there was like utopian we had replicator technology and it didn't cost any energy we figured out how to make it solar panel powered and we put in everybody's house like Star and everybody Trek can have whatever they want at any time yeah and that's great but we do not live in that world so barring that i agree with you i don't think most of us need like you need to do what you need to do to live and survive yeah and it's yeah and if it makes you feel better to shop local or make sure that money is like going to better places then walmart or whatever that's great but i don't think any of us are in the should be in the business of throwing stones at someone who does black friday shopping however if you if you want to cast stones through your glass window and give us money for things you can and then cut for yeah i've been putting little beeps or whatever for a second I... oh my god oh my god you know what Corey? Mm. I really want to start doing a new uh, way of investing. Have you have you heard any new ones out there? No, I haven't, Rochelle. Do you have any ideas? Oh, well, I was I was flipping through the USA Today the other day, and there there was this one called PureCoin. PureCoin. What? Well, tell me about it. Well, here's the thing: you buy your PureCoin, right? PureCoin. Right? And then. You get five more people to buy pure pure coin, and when they buy that pure coin, you get extra pure, pure coin. coin. Pure coin. And then when they get their people to buy more pure coin, pure coin, you get more pure coin. Pure coin. Pure coin. And you know what's the best part? What is the best part, Rochelle? It is not a pyramid scheme. We're back. We we talked about. Talk, how oh yeah, welcome back to News Dump. We're composting the bullshit. 
We're talking about supply, supply chain issues. One thing I want to say at the start is that this was not something that COVID caused. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's one of the really important things is that, unfortunately, a lot of us, our memories are so short. Or at least that our, our collective memory is so short that we don't realize that there's been supply chain issues. I think it's been for like five years Yeah, there's least. there's stuff going six years back and like, stuff. This is not new. And and in my experience, at least like being a fan of history and whatnot. Listen, if there's, we got a Roman Empire stand over here. I just mean if there's, I meant news wise in particular. If there's something from six years past, there's something from a few years past too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like if there was an issue six years ago, it's because they think they solved an issue from 10 years ago. And I guess I wanted to bring that up specifically because. Because it's important to put in that context. There's. There's the context of this kind of thing. What I mean history-wise is like when I was looking up the stuff for Plaid Pantry, right? When we did Cost of Convenience. There's all kinds of stories of how there, there was stayflation, I think it was, in the 70s. The cost of living wasn't increasing, but inflation was continuing to happen or, or something very similar. Like yeah. this isn't... this isn't Stagflation? The, yeah, that's the word. Stagflation. Uh, but so, so this isn't the first time something like this has happened. And this isn't the first time somebody has pointed it out. But COVID is one of those things where problems eventually stack up. It's like that I Love Lucy thing with the chocolates, except it's like human problems and transportation issues. But like, I especially wanted to bring that up because, yeah, a lot of the journalism that we're seeing isn't addressing that fact. One thing I will say, though, is that I did. There's a TikToker. I'll include a, a link to his profile in the notes. And he's been a truck driver for years, and he's talked about the fact that, like, a huge part of this, and I think this is, like, the really bulk of it, is that so much of this is done so inefficiently. Yeah, for example, he talks about the fact that we receive a lot of stuff in on the West Coast, like L.A., Long Beach, etc. When it arrives, companies that are purchasing it will split it up, so they'll keep some of it in the West Coast area, and then they'll ship the rest of it to the East Coast. Well, then they'll realize that it's not selling as well on the East Coast, or it's not needed on the East Coast, and it's needed more on the West Coast. So then another company will buy that back and ship it back. Now, the problem is is that these transportation companies are making money this whole time around while this product is being just shuffled across the country and clogging up the lines for other things that could potentially be shipped. That's Yeah, a lot of, a lot of the problem is that somebody makes money by adding a step. Yeah. So in the in the previous section segment, we talked about how there's kind of this illusion that it's a chain that it goes from you know harvest to being made in com- components to being made into parts to being made into a car, for example. And it's like all of those things are true, but it's not necessarily in any sort of logical framework necessarily. And on top of that, there's going to be a lot of extraneous steps. In there to make sure that someone's people are getting a cut off the top every step of the way, and it's it's not just business is an important part to remember. Well, I'll I'll go into a story that highlights it that we'll all actually know quite a bit about in a minute. But it's important to note that it's the kind of grift of it is that it's it's also governmental. So it's ports get a cut of some of what goes through there. You pay fees to go to port and to leave port. So. There's an incentive for them to do certain things at a certain rate and a certain speed Mm -hmm. and to expedite certain processes and to not expedite certain processes. Yes. 
one of the CBS News, the 60 Minutes that I watched specifically, talked about the fact that since stuff is getting backed up in these uh, uh, in these shipping areas, because, like, for example, before it was, like, ships coming in and out all the time. Now they're just, like, all these stacks of containers are there with all this product that's not being moved out. Well, they are charging these company, these these people who are ordering these products, extra money to hold that product there. Yeah. But it's their fault that it's not getting moved out. So it's like they're keeping them from getting access to what they purchased. And on top of that, they're charging it for them for sitting there. And then whoever- And that's, that's like that cost... And the transportation company is still charging them. Yeah. And then the the people who are in charge of the inspection are charging them. And they want to pass that on to the consumers. They want to pass that on to consumers instead of eat those costs so that some CEOs... Which I can I can kind of understand, you know, and that that's what you're supposed to do. But the reason that it's like that is because so many people are taking a snippet out of it along the way yeah another one of the like say so it's it's about people kind of kind of nickeling and diming it so that they can all get a cut of this grander profit at the same time it's also that the labor shortage which we discussed in our previous labor shortage episode is is going on inside of these industries as well mm-hmm. right so people are starting to realize what they're worth and they're either not showing up unless they're being offered more or, or they're finding new jobs altogether. yeah or like in the case of like john deere they're like well we'll just take this opportunity to organize and get better stuff done but the real big kind of the big elephant in the room so to speak is that there's just a lot of dead people Right, and a lot yeah. of the people that were forced to go to the jobs that manufactured in places that didn't shut down have died. Part of it is that there's, and people know also that like, oh, my friend had that job and they died, so I also don't want to go to that job and die. So it goes yeah. back to being a labor issue. It becomes more of a game of pointing fingers too, because then the people who are in manufacturing can point at the people who are supposed to mine the parts as the problem and the people and nobody can point out that their real problem is that like there's a bunch of people at the top making money who are superfluous oh that was the thing i was gonna bring up the fact that like one of the largest shipping companies maersk or whatever m-a-e-r-s something or other it's in one of the articles i read but they saw a profit increase of 68 percent 68%. It's important to note that that increase in profit, I don't think you can do that just by working harder. You know? Like, that's not possible. It has to be speaking to a lot of these inefficiencies and additional fees that are being charged versus more product actually being moved. Yeah. So the the famous example, I think, that kind of goes, it hits every point of what's up with this is the the thing that happened in the Suez Canal. The Evergreen? The Ever... The, the Ever Given? You'll have to forgive me. I really am bad with names. Like, I can't even get ship names right. So the Ever Given, but the Suez Canal ship. Part of the issue with that is the captain of the boat is financially motivated to get it done in X amount of time because he gets a cut based on his timetable as well as how much product he moves so he's incentivized on both ends he's a pusher yeah to yeah yeah and he's incentivized on both ends to to make it faster and sooner so at the same time the uh the shipping lanes which might be run which are usually run by government organizations right like 
they are incentivized to move as much product through themselves as possible because so, they charge tariffs and, and, mm-hmm. and tolls and fees and all. They charge money based on how much is on there as well. So the incentive is over and over again to have these huge ships, right? The, the This evergreen thing, it is as large as the Empire State Building is long. So it's it's the same length as, like, the Empire State Building. That's too big. And it's, like, 400 meters high. So, that's too big. Yeah, that's, that's uh, 1,200, 1,500 feet. I'm bad at math. It's, it's thousands of feet tall and thousands of feet long. The and- largest boat I've ever been on is, like, a ferry up in Seattle, and it still blows my mind that that was basically a building on the water, and that's, like... Yeah, and these things these things are so huge. They are we were joking before. They're they're forces of artifice. Like instead of a force of nature because it impacts the tides when it goes into the harbor. It moves. It's such a physically large object. It displaces the water differently, right? Oh my god. And they go through a bunch of these in the day. And the other thing is in the Suez Canal in particular, there's a lot of windstorms. So these objects are so huge that wind affects them the same way, like, the, the those tall buildings are designed to sway and move yeah. with the air so they don't topple over. These ships kind of aren't exactly designed that way. They're designed to carry as many freaking pallets as possible, as many of those containers, right? And so when, if the winds act the wrong way and you don't listen to the dock authority because you're incentivized as the captain to get through it, right? And you have some billionaire who's on the phone with you saying, go faster, we need it here. No, you're not on the phone with You're not on the phone with him. You're, you're on, on the, the phone. phone with the billionaire's, like, assistant But you get whatever. what I mean. Like, you're... <laughs> And you're not you're not living so well that your life isn't hand to mouth to a certain like your version of it. It's not yeah. hand to mouth, but it's you're feeling a lot of pressure. And so what they don't know exactly what ended up happening, but it did uh, it potentially the wind and the fact that when you get fast enough uh, in that kind of channel of water, some physics happens and it inclines you to shift as you like trend. swivel or something. Yeah, kinda. so you you're you're just going to end up the physics is if you're the conditions are right, it's always going to happen. The thing that was unique was this thing was so huge, it embedded itself on both ends. Normally <laughs> normally just one end gets stuck, so you can use the other end to kind of scoot your In way there. out. So it's like it's like when you get a, a a couch up a hallway and like you're doing fine until you hit a curve. And then it's like at a curve where it can't go any further, but you can't go backwards because you did weird geometry to get yeah. it there in the first place. It, it it was like that, but with like the entire economy. Like it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh and God. so, but here's here's the further complication: is once you do finally do all the work to get it moved, you need multiple tugboats. You need a salvage crew. There's these people in Sweden who fly in on like within 20 hours and are like doing geography and math and science and stuff to figure out how to get this thing out of the water, right? And they charge based on how much the ship is worth. So you get paid based on a percentage of the overall thing. So if you. It's kind of like a pirate thing. Yeah, it's a reverse pirate thing. So if you save it from the pirates, you're like, hey, I'll give it back to you once you pay me X because I got it from the pirates. Okay. So what happens is once they do manage to do all this work to get it moved, it doesn't go beyond the shipping yards because. The port wants its money. The salvage crew wants its money. Anybody locally who participated wants their money. So there's all this money that's tied up. All these little individual grifts also get stacked up and blocked because this thing couldn't get moved. And that's part of what slows down the process. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's it's. It sounds like it sounds like based on some of the articles I was reading, there's a lot of price gouging going on, and that's that's that that's some of the things like like this. with the the Suez Canal officials. Apparently, there's a lot of bribery that goes on. Like it's it's not confirmed. Is it all the all the but news it's stories? A given. But it's 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 definitely anecdotal that like you know you give somebody a carton of cigarettes, maybe your ship goes above the ship that came in at the same time. Carton kind of, of cigarettes or. Shipping containers. I probably contain. I don't know. I don't know how you're. I mean, I would. I would settle with a carton because that's like a hundred and something dollars organ money. So like, I don't know what that is in Suez Canal money. It depends on like. It, I wonder. A case. Much, a case is a reasonable. Case. Let's. Yeah. Okay, a case, case is a reasonable bribe. I'm just saying, based on the amount of shit that's on there. Yeah. So a, a convenience store is worth it. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of that's that thing is emblematic of the whole problem, which is people are still ordering the items while the system is backed up. So that's yeah. one thing. That's where the that's to me where the illusion of uh, an additional demand comes in. Is I don't believe there's additional demand. I think we have the same amount of demand, but the the backlog of grifts has has kind of caught up to itself, such that they're finally. I think. I think there has been an increase in demand, but it does not speak to how fucked things are. Yeah. Like, that would be what I'd say. Because I will say that I probably spent a lot more money last year and this year because I wasn't going out to bars. I wasn't going to shows. I wasn't really traveling. And those were things that eat up a lot of money. And but we also live a lifestyle that, as comedians, we live yeah. a lifestyle that's that's conductive to that. I think the the other two issues are the fact that, like, like the dude said, we got the checks. Yeah, I and mean I the think, check. I, I just spent it all. But no, on magic cards. What I do mean, though, and you didn't share. No, I, I got don't buy so magic mad. Cards. I got so mad. Just kidding. I but bought my, D&D my, D&D my point things. is that the the powers that be, be they political or or, or financial, hear that we poor's got extra money. And they're like, cool, you got more of our money to give to us. That's, yeah. that's, that's what they hear, right? Yeah. And I, but I think the other half of it is there is a labor shortage because, uh, air quotes labor shortage, when really it's kind of like we've all, it's not just People in America. People are electing to avoid participating in capitalism in the ways they previously did. I think a lot of people are seeing how much it doesn't suit them. And it's but it's 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 not just in America is the point. Yeah, no, no. Like but I our, mean, capitalism is everywhere. Like, yeah. It is the dominant financial structure, and even in countries that claim that they are not capitalists, they are still dealing with capitalism and the free market regardless. Yeah, and part of the part of the issue with the finger pointing is you start looking, if you start looking at who's pointing the fingers, and you start asking why they're pointing the fingers, yeah. the reason people are pointing the fingers at China in, in, in particularly kind of right-wing-ish spheres, or Fox-ish in particular. Like, they kind of, they keep alluding to it without saying. It's easier to blame China than to address our own issues. Because America can't do anything wrong unless it's a Democrat doing it, according to Fox News and Republicans. And, and the reason they try to point the finger so hard away from, to the shipping industry, right, is because they don't want people to recognize that they have a labor shortage, air quotes again, mm-hmm. but that's similar to ours, which is people kind of standing up for their rights and saying X, Y, like we demand And they probably least. had a good amount of people who died too. And and that's the big thing is mm-hmm. there, again, there's just a lot of death. Like, like I know I it's, think it's... I think it's really silly, like, that we thought or that anyone thought that uh, we would be able to come out of this pandemic unscathed, and especially in regard to... Basic human like actions and choices. Well, because we've we've had a really nice era of kind of 
Rome had it. We had Pax Americana, so to speak, where yeah. we, we have peace in the United States, even though we have a very advancedly militarized United States. But we, we have authoritarian version of peace, which is if you cause trouble, they shoot you and the problem solved. Once we started seeing the actual cost of that peace, once we started seeing like, oh, it, it means our black friends and trans friends and fucking everybody is getting, getting murdered. We're like, oh, that that even if you don't see them as family the way I do, like it, it still puts a pause in you. And it does the same thing with business where you're like, well, what is the actual cost of this business? Yeah. But there was some statistic I read about how there's um, 70 slaves in the kind of the second and third world for every person in the first world, so to speak. Oof. And I think e- even people in our situation. Yeah. And no, th- we live in an in extreme level of privilege. And and that's hard for that's starting to come to roost. We're starting to see the human cost. And I think I I think the issue right now, particularly with the sub- demand part, is that we're not putting together just how many. 60 70 people is but like i think that's really part of what it is is the griffs are finally kind of oh you guys are nickel and diming us and 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 these people are paying more than i am yeah for this nickel and diming but they're paying with their blood sweat tears and their fucking lives and we're starting to see that yeah and i i just think the problem is we're not really putting it together and i we're gonna go to the next part about some of that, I think. So buy one of those things that is made by 60 to 70 other human beings. Right. At your expense. Oh, man. I can't wait to die. Don't you love everything? Uh, I definitely feel like quitting a lot. Are you tired of paying actual cash to charge your electric vehicle at a charging station? Why would you use real money when you can use electronic money? Tesla coin coming to you soon because Elon Musk is too bored and has way too much money and dime on his hands. Did We're we back. Want, did we want to jump? Oh, sorry. We're back. Did we? News dump. Composting the bullshit. We're talking about supply chain. First off, we talked about um, how to shop for this holiday season. <laughs> Second of all, we talked about um, how supply chain works and how it's pretty fucked and how, then, how the news was presenting it yeah how the news was presenting it and we talked specifically about like where are the different flaws in the american um transit system and <clears throat> supply chain system and that these problems were here before covid but they definitely were exacerbated by covid and a lot of the things that people are talking about it's a specific reason this is, is happening may be either partially right or just a deflection or a projection I think the big problem is that it is a big problem that needs a nuanced, multifaceted solution. That's hard for people to deal with because there is truck drivers are overworked and underpaid because we've promised automation and done shit all to deliver. Uh, production is same, same thing. Like they don't get paid enough and they're constantly threatened with automation. And so you're allowed to cut rates because you're like, well, at least we're not giving your jobs to robots. Like there's some of that element. And the other thing is like, you know, that, that government bribery thing that I was describing in the Suez Canal that goes on in the Panama Canal that goes on in the Strait of Gibraltar or wherever. Like the, these things aren't just isolated to an American problem. It's a, yeah, it, it's, it's an a, American it's a national problem. Yeah. 
The uniquely American aspects, though, that I think are important to address is, first off, like we talked about earlier, all of our ports don't really have, like, a, like, internet, like, a national connection. They are owned by the cities and the states that they are in. So there's not necessarily a lot of uniformity between ports. Second of all, we do not have, especially in the western half of the United States, a very robust, like, train and rail system. And, like, I would posit to bring that up specifically because Montana is the fourth largest state in the Union. Texas, California, and Alaska are the only states that are bigger. We have one train line that goes through <laughs> the whole state. And, I, and it's just like the northern half. Oh, there might be one that goes down, but I'm pretty sure it's just one that goes through the northern half of the state. And the historic importance of that, like, like in a in a, in a long-term context, the thing that made kind of France go from being something that pushed the Republic of France was them pushing train lines out of Paris and into the hinterlands and getting yeah. people like to be able yeah. to move back and forth. And the reason I bring up Montana specifically and trains is that like just think of the amount of semi transit that is going through that entire state that is complete waste. And then think about like the roundabout ways, something from I don't know, Houston, Texas has to get to somewhere in Montana. Like how much of it is trains how much of it is planes how much of it is semis because we don't want to cut in on somebody's graph and that's a lot yeah. of what happens well and that's that's if a- we really want to talk about you need to talk about the american auto industry and how they've muscled out most any other forms of public transit because they wanted to make sure that gasoline and cars stayed at the front well a big issue too i forgot to mention this in the last half the lobbyist industry games the country as far as where jobs go so they'll put parts of a we talked about this a little bit in the Cost of Convenience miniseries about how if you keep people kind of fractured enough and doing small enough of a part of a thing, they never organize together and, and become a whole cohesive group. If you have people make parts of a car in one place and then assemble the car in another place and sell the car in a third place, those three people never look at each other in solidarity. They're just doing their job. Mm-hmm. And we've done that with a lot of things in industry so that yeah. like something will be mined in Montana or, or Nevada or one of the mining the Yogo sapphires, they're popular. And it's also probably desecrating indigenous lands, but you know, that's so that gets, all of Montana. You, using the old American system, you get all that stuff, you mine it, you send it to Detroit to get made into the parts for the car. That gets sent to a different part of Detroit to get made into the car. Those get sent to the car lots to get sold. That's where the sale goes on. Again, we lose the fact that those people are all working together in a great big chain. Like, you could just make the car in one location parts to parts to pieces you know what i mean every time you break it off you get to make a little bit more money right and so Mm -hmm. that's it's it's this like kind of shell game slash con game and lobbyists also know that if you spread the jobs out across multiple states threatening to for example um raytheon potential sponsor please raytheon oh raytheon we are all about what you are putting out what they'll do is they'll have one part of a bomb be made in like it'll be engineered in texas and it will be uh have parts made in georgia and then it'll be manufactured in detroit so if you threaten to stop making that bomb that's three different voting areas as well that are out of jobs and it's three different politicians who are like hey i have an opinion about this because it impacts the economy of the people in my area 
So obviously the solution is worldwide, like we all organize, become one great big union, wobbly style, anarcho-syndicalism solves everything. Since that's going to take a couple of weeks to get done, I thought we could float a few ideas in between, you know? Because like one of the things since, since six, five, six years ago, what they said right away then too was buy locally whenever you can. Yes. Veganism is great for the planet, sure. But it's actually way better if you could just get the cow straight from Tillamook. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, we don't we don't get a lot of beef in Oregon from our dairy cows. We get it from like shipped in from South America and central the, the middle of the country and wherever else. There was a TikTok I watched recently that was it was for England and for their like government stuff and like a you know a voting ad and it was talking about like what does a tax break to these different people who are like middle class or working class what it looks like for them to get that money and what they will do with that money versus giving a tax break to a rich person specifically or a business what they showed is that if you give that money to people at the lower level like you and i um harriet's really rich though so don't give her money yeah um, so like the point they made is that all, a lot of that money ended up staying much more so in the community than it would have normally because it was like one of those people, oh shit, now I can get those repairs done in my car that I need to do. Like, oh, I have the money to take this class for a certification for something I want to do at the local community college. It's, it's a thing we've made shameful. Yeah, it made shameful <laughs> that people need that assistance. And then they, when they gave the money to the rich dude... He just, like, she goes over to check on him, like, oh, what'd you do? And he's like, oh, I forgot I even had it. I just had the check in my pocket this whole time. The idea that what if you do that with your dollar, as in, like, not as I see, don't look at other people's fucking investments. Buy someone's artwork because you want to. Don't think that you're doing them a fucking favor. Do both. Do both. Do, you know, but, like, don't be a smug fuck about it. Yeah. You know, don't ask for a discount, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying um, as a person who wants their art buy, feel free to buy my art if it, if you can condescend yeah, to Yeah, no, me. if you feel guilty about it, but don't put that on me. Let that be your kink and keep it private. Yeah. But, like, definitely keeping your money that way. One thing that I would say, too, is that a ballot box thing, if there are things to increase um, funding to public transit in any way, shape, or form... We're talking about supply chains, but you could talk about a city supply chain, too. Oh, yeah. Like, a person needing to get from point A to point B to achieve things they need. Because you're supplying the person, then their labor, or whatever, to where it needs to be. Or the service they need, where they're going to be provided labor. I know I'm making this a little abstract. Yeah. It's it's just a weird thing to me <laughs> that we, we shame poor people for spending money. And we, like, we praise rich people for saving it. But it's like, when you spend the money... It gets moved and does things. Yep. And when you save the money, people don't get the money. Like it's yeah. very, it's 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 very counterintuitive. Well, there's a, there's a donut hole, and that donut hole is put there intentionally because if you're in that point of like you have enough money, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm so mad. But it's there, there's. Um, I know I went off on a little bit of a tangent, yeah. but buying local, buying from people you know, making sure that your money isn't just going to get sucked up into someone's fucking stock option. Don't don't assume that because something seems like I, I always am leery of whole food style solutions where it's like it's not a solution but it just looks nicer like i remember working there and hearing the people like i worked there as a janitor who was contracted to work there so i got no rights not i was paid less than their staff yeah and, and they knew that and they couldn't 
do anything about it or anything. But like they were also seeing their conditions not met, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, no, it's and it's and it's we're all in the shit pile. But it's also Whole Foods, so the the fancy people downtown that are shopping there think they're making a difference because they're going to the brand. Yeah. So that's kind of my other thing about like shop local but also shop smart. And it's it's again a thing where it's like there's not a simple solution, so it's more nuanced. No, it's like all of these things would definitely be more nuanced. Um, another thing I would say is that there's nothing wrong with uh, finding different ways to gift someone. You were talking earlier about giving certificates to yeah, people. Or, or, or things that you make or things that are personal or I think are big, a, a big issue we need to come to terms with is new is kind of not necessarily better. There are certain things where, like, having a more up-to-date thing is important, especially yeah. in technology and things like that. But, like, going secondhand when you can is smart. If you look around a Goodwill, if you have the yeah. time and can look around a Goodwill, you can find I mean, maybe pretty not, okay stuff. The problem not is all those, No, the problem is all those places But Goodwill's are, shitty, too. No, like, yeah, there's yeah. no ethical consumption in capitalism. But that is a way to pull yourself out of the... Po- supply chain and more so than if you went yeah, yeah. to the store and bought it new on the shelf yeah no so, i go to goodwill i can't say... and i mean there's probably other thrift stores that you can go to that you can feel a little bit less guilty about but thrift stores need more toys i'm just gonna say this they need more just random action figures for a dollar it's a thing i've wanted since i was eight that will that that will get me into any thrift store if there's like a gi joe it doesn't even need it, it needs four two arms two legs i'm i'm I've, ever since I was a kid, if there's just one and it's a buck, that will pull me in to spend more money every time. Just if you're a thrift store, I wanted to put that idea out oh, there. Oh, <laughs> there is one thing, though. And, like, it, this isn't coming from a shame place. But if you can avoid buying things on Black Friday or Cyber Monday, if you can remove yourself from that cycle, like, from, from those days participating in capitalism... That's a good way to at least cut down the numbers. I don't know. Like, it's it's, it's such a fucking drop in the bucket. But if you don't really need to get shit, don't get shit. It's really awkward because it's like, like you said, there's no ethical consumption under There's cap- no ethical su- so consumption So you have to at capitalism. least try to, like, source where you eat well. Is kind it's of- almost like, sorry, I've been watching a lot of stuff about diet culture and, like, fat phobia and stuff. And how they talk about, like, good foods and bad foods. And it's like... There's no good food and there's no bad food. It's like, just how how much does it have? Yeah, in it of what, what does you your need? body need? What is good for you? Are you eating in a way that makes you feel satisfied and isn't hurting you? Obviously, what you eat is very personal, but also what you purchase is very personal. So that might yeah. be the way to look at it. Is like, yeah, sometimes we're gonna like. If you're someone who has a hard time getting out of the house, yeah, maybe you're going to fucking use a lot of delivery services. The way you could make that a little better is to see if you can physically tip your driver or delivery person in cash. Yeah, there's a, there's this there's this weird thing I've always had where it's like, if you're poor enough, nothing ever really changes. So to me, I always tip because it's like, I'm never going to be less poor than this anyhow. But I know I appreciate when somebody tips when I'm in that circumstance, so I might as well. Yeah. I found out now I shouldn't go to Dutch Brothers because the guy who runs it and, like, founded it wants to make a horse racing gambling area in Grant's Pass. Um, But, like, 
typically when uh, they ask, like, what a tip amount, and we use Corey's service, like, he has the app, so it just automatically puts 25%. Yeah, I'm bragging about how much I tip at Dutch Brothers. What are you going to do about it? But it's... But it's wild because every time they are like, oh, you want to do 25%? And, like, I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, thank you. Like, they seem really excited about it. I'm like, you're the one who has to deal with us. I, I didn't... I don't want to deal with people. I go to this bakery around the corner from me, and I didn't... I was what like, is the name of this bakery? On Zunin. It's, it's, it's on Foster and... 52nd. It's a Vietnamese bakery. It's, and it's so freaking good. And it's so weird to me because I couldn't figure out why they were so nice to me. And I realized I'm the only person I see tip in there ever. And I wasn't paying attention to it until I started paying attention to it. And like, unless, unless it's on the credit slip when people are doing stuff, maybe, but nobody ever tips in cash. There's, there's obviously some amount of cash in there by the end of the shift or whatever, but like, I'll be in there for like four or five people. And like my neighbor. I'll be in there four or five times a day. Let's be honest. And I go about once every Two or three days, I get like a thing of croissants, and like that's my like I'm splurging, right? Croissants are so good. They are, and they they have the best. Like they are so buttery, and they're they're like liquidy good. Anyway, my point is, I will go in there as a poor person and tip, and they treat me astoundingly. Yeah, I see people with like vehicles that cost more than my rent. Like, and they don't tip. And they, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. they, and it's, and I, I, I know your vehicle isn't necessarily an indicator of your success, and I get all that. It's just weird to me that, like, you're like, I'm worthy of a car, but you're not worthy of an extra 250 for making these delicious baked goods. Yeah, okay, here, Which so- gets to a, another, uh, which was, sorry, sorry, I was gonna start yeah. with another solution, which is, you can do things like, cash gift cards those are gonna cut out some of the supply chain issues because sometimes potentially depending on what you buy with that gift card well because sometimes you just need money for rent and yeah. like i've no. had i accept donations all the time just right? so people know but i don't want to brag but i've donated but, but i've been like someone's got to take care of patrick it's like the sarah mclaughlin song just always plays when i look at you we're gonna have a recyclables episode about I should, I should, I should reach the level of narcissism where I'm my own topic of recyclables, <laughs> but I never address that I'm the topic, so I'll be like... Are you ghostwriting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to remove yourself from the supply chain, and like, everybody has different love languages, you know? Yeah. Or, well, that's what I hear. It's the new, it's the new thing, and offer, there's like... Offer chores. Find gifts out... Gifts of service. Yes, offer chores... The thing, the thing I noticed, I, it's real anecdotal, but I received a lump sum of cash, uh, like a few years ago when my uncle died. Somebody died! And it was easy to solve so many problems because of it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it made me, it was funny to me because it made me empathize with other people finally who have had kind of comfortable lives because like I could just solve a hundred dollar problem now and again. And like, I've never, I'd never before in my point life, sorry, I'd never before in my life been at a point where it's like, it's a hundred dollars and it wasn't a panic attack. Like, like, oh shit, it's, that has ruined my month sometimes. Like, uh, I know other people who are like that, Mm -hmm. but I'd never been in the position where like, that's not a problem. And I can understand how if your entire life has never hung up, hung by the thread of like a hundred dollars or less, that you wouldn't think of that as your problem because everybody's life is hard, right? So I get that like 
No, it, existence is not easy. And even for the richest person in the world, they still have struggles. Now, if we look at those struggles in the grand scheme of things and what they can or can't control about them versus what you can or can't yeah. control about the struggles in your life, that becomes the very important distinction. Because the problems that rich people have, a lot of them are ones they make for themselves. Yeah, and I don't want to. I guess I, guess I don't want to negate for other people that like. No, no, yeah, like yeah. this isn't this isn't the oppression Olympics. Yeah, but it is important to note that if you have an inordinately insane amount of money, it, the problems you have do not. They're not in the same universe. We're gonna do a recyclables at some point about how it warps your brain because it really does. It does. No, they, and, there used to be a disorder in the DSM referred to as gold bug. Which literally was the disorder of compiling wealth. You know when it got removed? In the 80s. That's hilarious. I did not know that part. Yeah, I mean, I... Michelle do a history thing. We can can Google that, but I've I've heard it in a couple different places. So in addition to... Just to thread back to Just be fucking empathetic. Another response to the supply chain problem is to be empathetic. When you're at the store and they're out of the thing that you wanted... Do not take that out on people. Do not internalize that and then be pissy to everyone else in your life. If if there's a way that you can help someone who's struggling with the supply chain issue, like they need something, you have an extra of it, fucking give it to them. We did, we're going to talk about ways to prepare for what potentially will happen when the supply chain does get worse because unless we do make changes, yeah. it's inevitably going to happen. You, yeah, that- you need to prepare for to be more self-sufficient, meaning repair your own clothes so you don't have to buy more. Um, learn how to potentially fix some of the appliances around your house so you aren't going to have to buy new ones. Or or here's another thing. Get to know people. This one's really hard Get for me. Get to know people who have that skill. I know our target You're audience. You're good at that. Our you target audience is the impoverished and, and introverts. So I understand that not everyone has that skill. All right. Well, I'm an but, extrovert, so you can ask me for help. I'm a very depressed extrovert, but I am an extrovert. But I just mean, like, I, I understand that, like, that will be the hardest thing, the hardest hurdle for some people. Is, is connecting and be, reaching out because and making we're, community. We live in a very predatory system, so it is sometimes yeah, scary. It's hard to put yourself out I, I have a hard time with it because I'm like, who do I trust that's not going to cripple me worse? If it, or, Patrick or, doesn't realize this is the long con on my end. Yeah. So. Well, well, I mean, like, it, it's, it's a very real thing. Where it's like, you're going to get fatigued from my problem and go away. And that's going to put me, not you, but you'll put... No, you're talking to me. Yes. One will get fatigued from a disabled person's problem because it's fatiguing. But you have the privilege of walking away. And when that happens, it, it, it might set the disabled person back because it's like great i don't have that help anymore i came to expect at least that level of accommodation and once it's gone like that's a very real impact would you say that what would be nice for folks if they have someone in their life who is disabled try to be clear about what boundaries you need to set to make sure that you're keeping yourself healthy and whole and also being there for them yeah like i'll have friends that are like hey i can do a meal now and again or Mm -hmm. or like that hasn't been a problem of late like the the I don't know how recorded I want it to be, but like, there's been a few days where it's like getting out of bed is hard. Yeah. Yeah. But the issue, the the thing that's hard to explain to people sometimes is like, getting out of bed is always hard. So yeah. it sounds redundant, 
and it feels reductive when I say that, but it's like... Do you think do you think people have interpreted you as being a quote-unquote downer? I think so. And that, is and, that and, which but, is wild to me, because you are so much more positive than I am. And I, well, I think what it is, is I'm a, it's that glass half broken thing. Or like You're just that. honest about it. Yeah. And that, and, and people get really uncomfortable because, with that. And, and people get uncomfortable with that because our whole fucking system is based on lies and grift and, and trying to tell you something so that I can get an extra buck. And when somebody like me comes along, it's like, I don't give a fuck about your bucks. Here are the facts. Yeah. It throws people the fuck off. Because, we got so off topic. Well, no, it so goes, quickly. it does go back to but. the topic because the reason there's a supply chain issue is because there's a bunch of fucks who are lying yeah. to make a buck. And but. the reality that I'm, I'm COVID in a way and yeah. that like I, COVID came along and was like, no, the system is messed oh, yeah. up. It's relying on human misery and it's eventually you're going to get clogged up with blood and bones. Oh, look, the machine ground to a halt. No, what do you know? But I'm saying we're not prepared. We're not talking about how to prepare. I just um, throw, I just slap the microphone. But like <laughs> self-sufficient specifically, like self-sufficient and communal sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have the ability to have space and time and the executive function, and as a person with ADHD, I lack executive function. But, like, if you have the ability to start growing your own food, and, fuck yeah. And if, if you, you learn have, how to do it, sorry, sorry, I was going to yeah. say, once you learn how to do it for yourself, then you will be able to help other people because that's part of the process of learning is when you teach other people. And inevitably, there's going to be a year you have too many fucking zucchini. Like, that is just something yeah. I have heard on multiple occasions and seen myself. Uh, uh, beware, be leery of helping people who, in ways that they don't need, I would say, too. Yes, don't assume <laughs> how to so, help people. I have so much bread on my patio because some crazy lady just keeps bringing my house bread. Like, there's. Is it good bread, though? No. That's, oh. that's, that's why we haven't eaten it fast enough. Like, and I eat bread. I just love toast. It's good. Toast is good. Yeah. I keep cooking toast in the hopes that it's actually a stroke so I can just get out of here. Like, oh, I my just, fucking God. And this is one that Corey and I have gone back and forth on because he's definitely interested in potentially getting a firearm and learning to defend himself. Yeah. I am not as keen on that because I'm a little too sad to be comfortable with the idea of a murder weapon in my house. Which is fair. I struggle um, with that. But I will say that I don't think it's a bad idea if you do think that things are going to potentially get violent. And let's face it, there's a huge amount of potential with that. It might be a good idea to... I think I think the issue with firearm, or with with defending yourself is some people think firearms... I think, like, I have a crowbar that's just near yeah. my door. Like, yeah. when you look to self-defense, are you looking to self-defense for defensive purpose? Or are you looking to self-defense? Because you're like, oh, I'll just run and gun and get my supplies off of somebody yeah, else. Yeah, no... Corey's definitely thinking of from the perspective yeah. of, like, having to defend our home and household. Oh, I thought he wanted to commit murder. That no, was that's where I'd see Corey's perspective. Yeah. But, like, I will say, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with um doing firearm safety and get, get learning how to handle firearms. Yeah. firearms. If you do have issues with mental health, it may not be a great idea to have that at home. If you are still interested in having that gun, you could have part of it at your house and then have the other person have the part that makes it like a functional weapon or any of the ammo that you have. I think the one that I personally would connect with the most would be to take first aid classes. Yeah, definitely. First aid classes and wilderness safety classes specifically because it's a good idea to know how to take care of people in a trauma situation and learning how to survive outside of a civilized area, the gross, I used air quotes and didn't say anything, but a civilized area 
it's a good idea to know how to find water, how to keep water clean, how to start a fire, um, how to deal with like the potential dangers of eating just something bad general, for you. Just in general, because you go for uh, you go camping and the car breaks down. That's good to have. In yeah, general, you know but I mean? I mean, there's some people who've never camped in their entire life. I just want to talk about it from the perspective of like. It's a good idea if it comes to the fact that we're going to need to remove from so so like I'm getting a lot more tinfoil hat at the moment. But I was I was gonna make that joke. I wanted I wanted <laughs> to address say, that, but I think that like when supply chains break down, shit gets fucked, and people are gonna it's and it's, things are gonna get messy, and people are gonna get messy, and it's not everyone can do a survival class, obviously. Yeah, but. You can say, okay, I can't do a survival class, but I can at least make sure I've got a book of matches around just in case. And I know that's a small thing. But that's something. It's, it's, and you can build from there. And it's a good start because baby steps are way more important than big. I have hard, I have a hard time coming to terms with the fact that I'm disabled. I keep being like, oh, I can do this thing that I used to do before. Get about two steps into it and be like, oh, no, I can't. I know a lot of people get intimidated by the idea of like, oh, the supply chain is ending. We should get campfire. And, and, and I understand that inclination, but it's also much more, it's much more beneficial to be aware of the fact that like, hey, I can help the helpers, if that makes sense. Like yeah. that, that was where I was going to go for is yes. that Mr. Rogers advice is also pertinent. It's not just look to the helpers, it's help the helpers. Because, and, and with the supply chain, like, like, let's say it all breaks down and, and no product is moving all across the planet. Well, there's still stuff all over your city. Yeah. Right. And there's going to be people who are going to be like, oh, we figured out a kitchen or, oh, mm-hmm. we figured out a thing. Mm-hmm. If you can't help, then get out of the way because getting out of the way is a good way to help. One of the hardest things to deal with as a disabled person, as they come to terms with it, is that like sometimes the way I can be the most help is to not even try because just like that thing where if you help me and you disappear if i try to help you and i cause more trouble or i require help to give you help then i haven't helped like (laughs) can i can i tell a story that that reminded me of go ahead um so my dad has not only had an aortic dissection which means his like heart exploded and then they had to like put it back together uh, five years after that, he had a staph infection that developed on that. And then, like, a year after that, he, we put a, we used to put a Christmas star at the top of our house, and it's a two-story house. So, he got up there to put that star up, and the ladder, it was really windy that day, so the ladder knocked out. So, my dad fucking repelled down the side of our house with an extension cord. And it just uh, makes me think of that, because it's like, there was no reason he should have been doing that in the first place. And I'm glad he got out of yeah. it, lucky fucking bastard. But if he had died, because he's like, I'm going to put up this Christmas light all by my fucking self, I would be furious. Your dad might have been the first victim of the war on Christmas if that had happened. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but that that does go to show, like... It's it's hard when you've spent the last however old your dad is forty Being years. Being as capable as you are. Oh, my dad's yeah. in his seventies. Yeah. and I'm I'm hitting what am I thirty seven or thirty eight or something? Oh. And it's it's hard for me to be like, oh yeah, I just can't walk a mile anymore. Like I yeah, and part of that is also accepting like, okay, I can't offer to help the way I used to mm-hmm. because it actually now I need somebody to help me help you, which isn't helping. I don't know. Sorry. I just wanted no, to point out I that. Think, like, but yeah, moral of the story of the supply chain is that it's been an issue for a while. 
There are things there are things worldwide that are going on that are making it an issue. There's things that are specific to America that it's making it an issue specifically here. And it's going to mean that there's going to be shortages of things going forward. So reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah, and listen almost forgot. Listen to the demands of the workers, not the demands of the business. Listen yes. to the listen to the, the truckers that are saying, Here's why we're not driving, not to the truck companies that are like, We can't seem to hire people because those are two very distinct conversations and the people you should be aligning with are the truck drivers. Like they might be I'm sure I'm sure they wear a lot of red hats, but they wear those all right, sorry, that's a whole nother episode. Uh, whole no, they probably there probably are plenty of them you wouldn't agree with. Uh, politically, but we all are still workers. Yeah. And and studies show when those people, the more, <laughs> over and over again, the more people get, like, unionized or whatever, the more they're like, oh, I have solidarity with other people, too. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's the moral. Solidarity. Workers of the world unite. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for picking up recyclables today. Donations to the ACAST streaming service are, of course, always welcomed, but the best way to support the show is by going to patreon.com forward slash recyclables and becoming a patron today. If you can't do that, another great way is by liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast on whatever podcast listening service you use. All right, thanks.